It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh! What's going on, Philadelphia? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. We're heading back to the scene of the crime, everybody. It is uh, finally the divisional round playoff weekend. Eagles, Saints, James Seltzer, John Barchard here with you. It's Go Birds number 50. Appreciate everybody listening, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to your fine podcasts. Uh, rate, subscribe, and review. The five-star reviews do go a very long way. James, we're doing quarantine podcasting because it might be the revenge game for the Eagles. It's the flu game for me, and uh, we don't want to get baby baby Seltzer you know, sick because she's the real reason why the Eagles are winning here. That's right. I mean, we can't mess with that, John. I mean, it is. It, she is the most important thing in Philadelphia right now. Uh, we couldn't take the risk. John, gutting it out today. Missed yeah. the last two days, said, rose from the ashes. Looks like shit. We'll be honest about it. Yeah, but, I, I feel, and but, I feel it too. <laughs> but gutting it out here, bringing it for you guys, because he got you. Just like the Eagles got to gut it and go back to the Saints and beat a team that whooped their asses six weeks ago. John Barchard is gutting it out today. And I want to I thank you very much. I want to... I want to address this first because I think this is one. I, 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 Sean Payton's wrong, and two, it just adds fuel to the fire. Sean Payton comes into the Saints locker room two days ago with two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in cash and says, first of all, he ripped it off from Dabo Sweeney." Can we all agree on that? That's yep. a, that's a Dabo move. That's exactly what he does to fire up everybody. It's probably why they won the championship. Uh, comes in with a wheelbarrow, four armed security guards. He goes, hey, motherfuckers, you want this? Win three games. And first of all, I think that's a baller move anyway. I think that's awesome. I would love it. I would absolutely love that story if Doug Peterson did the same thing and came in, <laughs> except Doug Peters, uh, Peterson's physique a lot better. Uh, Sean uh, Payton's man boobs getting worse as the playoffs go on. So are mine. So I, I'm not here to judge, but I just wanted to point that out. Um, but it's not $225,000. Yeah, it's after taxes. You're that's going to be like a hundred and eighty grand. There's no way any one of those players are making two hundred twenty five thousand dollars because it's. I thought it was just for one game, and then everybody kind of picked it apart. So what I'm saying is, James Sean Payton's a liar. He just lied to his team. Will it affect them on game day? 
Yeah, well, I think the the bigger lie is that they're going to lose on Sunday, so they're not going to get that money anyway. So what's the point of the whole charade? That's what I want to know, John. Um, the um, You know, it's funny, too, is just like we all week, I think we've just been we've been enamored with a lot of things. In fact, if you missed it by any chance, um, the, the Bears game has continued on and rightfully so, because it was just such a. A crazy gut wrenching. Oh my god! I can't believe the Eagles won that game. But there, there keeps like little nuggets that keep coming out, James. Like for instance, on Inside the NFL, Golden Tate had no idea that <laughs> that the ball was coming to him, or didn't hear the alert that uh, Nick Foles called out when he was doing that sprint right out to go hit him for the game winning touchdown. That was all improvised on the spot. Like that was the biggest thing. That was my biggest takeaway from this week. I was like, "Oh my god!" the 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 most important play of that game. Golden Tate had no idea what was going on. Did did you have any reaction to it? Yeah, I don't know. I I like it looked like not as a bad thing. I was just I no, couldn't believe I it. I yeah. just don't. I don't. I feel like we hear so many things like this. Like I don't know for sure. Like it seemed like he knew what was going on. Everyone talked about the play, and this was like. But the it way, came out of his mouth. He said, "I know," but at the same time, like. When you like, like, t- look at the play, look at everyone in the locker room, the whole point was this was a play for Golden Tate. The play was called for Golden Tate. He was the only option. It was either going to him or nobody. I mean, that's what they all said right after the game. So it seems like the entire offense knew the play was going to Tate. Tate seems to be the only one who doesn't. I don't know. Hey, it's good for him. <laughs> Great job. I don't know. It feels weird to me. Uh, a little weird in it. It feels a little weird going into New Orleans. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I... I I, I don't feel as confident. I just don't. And it's mainly because of, of what happened before. And uh, I still think there is part of that revenge. Like, I have no problem with anybody running up the score at any time if you're a professional athlete. I don't have a problem with it at all. However, when your secondary is completely been annihilated by that point in the game and you've got, you know, guys that haven't worked together before, Malcolm Jenkins is your only healthy starter – then I might have a problem with it on fourth and seven, and those players should too. And Malcolm Jenkins was incredibly fired up during that game, and now it's just it's completely different. The quarterback's different, the secondary's different, the defensive line wasn't playing as well, um, and I, I still think this is the toughest place in the NFL to go and play. I don't think I would have thought that until I actually went there for the first time. I'd never been, you know, down to New Orleans, and the fans of Philly who are going to go down there once again. Um, it is the toughest place to play in the NFL. Uh, forget Kansas City, forget you know Seattle or whatever. That is loud. It's obnoxious and it's cult like in the in the most respectful way that I can say. Um, I I do think that the the strategy needs to change. Well, a lot of it. From I mean that's not that's an easy thing to say, but uh, uh, I do think there is a possibility to get pressure on Drew Brees. Um, with uh, one, it's a it's a pretty banged up offensive line. Uh, I don't, and you and I both agree on this. Uh, I think resting your players like New Orleans did at the in the last week. There, we saw that uh, with uh, what happened with the Eagles and, and Falcons last year. They came out uh, that first half. Atlanta should have taken that game over, and they didn't. I think there will be an opportunity to go and do that. Um, and I think it's it's less about the pass rush getting there. I think you just need to start batting down balls like crazy. Because that's what's going to really stop this offense. If you can get your hands up uh, and just throw everybody out of rhythm, that's that is where I would change my game plan a little bit. Not saying like don't go crush Drew Brees, but 
get your hands up as much as possible and trying to disrupt the windows as much as possible, James. Yeah, I agree with you. We've heard a lot of people do the whole, oh, Jim Schwartz has to blitz thing. And I, look, uh, <laughs> I don't think he does. I don't know if he should. I think there are spots you have to, you know, well-timed blitzes are always the right decision. But, you know, the whole cliche that, that there's not a Drew Brees, a blitz that Drew Brees can't beat is a is a cliche. That's not for, true. It's a, it's a cliche for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, not necessarily true, true yeah. on, a, obviously, an absolute basis, but... The point is, is if you give Breeze open guys and and the blitz doesn't get home, he's going to pick you apart. I agree with you, John. I think they can get pressure with four or five guys, and I think that getting your arms up in the air is a way to mitigate some of that stuff because people might not know, but Drew Breeze is not the tallest quarterback, John. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's been discussed, um, but I do think that um, from a motivation standpoint, like you were talking about, I do think that. I think the running up the score thing matters. Look, Jason Peters came out and said it, as you said. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins flipped the opposing coach the bird yes. during a game. I've yes. never seen that, like at least in-game, in the moment like that. Um, and so these guys are fired up. I think also the one part of the motivation, the whole thing that hasn't been talked about enough in my mind this week is we've talked a lot about what it's like for that Saints team to go in there um, for the Eagles team to go in there after getting their asses whooped and to go in and show they're a different team and have that motivation and all the shit the Saints talked and all that. But we haven't really talked about as much from the Saints perspective of, like you said, John, I think they do come out a little slow. I think we always see these teams after a three-week a hiatus, as it were, come out a little slower. It, it just seems to happen almost every single time, and, and I'm expecting it again, and I think you're right. The Eagles need to hop on that. But I think the other part of it that I've not heard a single person talk about is the idea that the Saints, like, I don't care. They're human beings, right? And they beat the Eagles 48-7. to And they look at the tape. They know it's a different team. I'm not saying they're going to take them lightly or anything, but I guarantee you that's in their heads. They know they beat the shit out of this Eagles team. And I think that there's something to that. There's the potential for not just a, a slower start for the Saints, but also maybe a taking this team too lightly even though they've seen what they've done on tape lately, even though they're the Super Bowl champs, even though Sean's Payton's saying we're not going to take them lightly, it would be human nature to at least a little bit somewhat take the edge off against a team you beat 48-7. to I think that's something we could see on Sunday. I think that goes back to last year too, which is the, the other factor in this. I mean, Alvin Kamara has been saying that for two seasons he now. He said what he said, John. I said what I said. Uh, and... Listen, it's not. It who cares? You beat it's beat him in a regular season game. It doesn't matter. I forget the stat that was going around yesterday, but the only time I think it was only one time in playoff history, and it was against the Jets and the Patriots in two thousand and three, uh, where the Patriots absolutely demolished the Jets, like forty five to three, and then the Jets ended up going back twenty eight to twenty one to go and win that game. Uh, which is which is rare, <laughs> you know. So well, actually, uh, the uh, Barrett Brooks texted me while we were talking about it on uh-huh. uh, on the midday show. The uh, the Steelers team that he won the Super Bowl with they got waxed by the Colts during the regular season and then went back to Indy in the playoffs and beat them. So there there are examples of it. Uh, well, that's that's good. Uh, more more than one is is always good. Um, and I think that from last year is still in the air because I know that. That 100% was still, that had to go through the locker room at some point and be like, yeah, did you hear Alvin Kamara say that if if the Saints were to come to Philadelphia, they would have kicked the crap out of him and all this other different stuff. And you're going like, okay, you know, I I don't think so. And I, I agree with you, James. I do think they're going to take this team lightly. 
why wouldn't you? Like there is as much as it is possible to go. And why would Sean Payton have to do that otherwise? You know, maybe it's a an extra motivation to like, hey, like get your heads right because um, there's two hundred twenty five thousand dollars that you can go win, which isn't true. And that's that's a part of like getting fired up, not like, hey, go crush these guys. These are the Super Bowl champions coming into your town. You've shown them once. Why not go show them again? None of that. Like it's, hey, you can win a bunch of extra money if you win these win these three games and get the Super Bowl trophy. Who wants this or whatever? Um, I, I yeah, and I'm not. I, I think that uh, between that and also just they've already faced the best defense that you can face in the playoffs, and they still managed to win the game. Now the offense is completely different than what you're going to see there, but. This this still goes back to the old scouting reports we had back when they played each other in the middle of the season. This defense is good, but it's not great. It's still Eli Apple that's out there that says, please, please, God, just let me get burnt at least once or twice a game. You know, and the 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 pass rush has always been what it is. And Sheldon Rankins, to me, again, is still one of the best. But uh, this offensive line has been playing at such an elite level, like more so even than I think last year. I think they're humming on a different level here, James. And that's includes because, one, Jason Peters wasn't here last year for this run. And two, I mean, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brooks, all of them have neutralized the best pass rush in the NFL. Uh, and I'm, or at least one of the best. I can't think of anything outside of that. So I think that's still a major advantage coming in here. Not only is the defensive line different, this offensive line has been playing uh, so much differently. It's so much better than any other team in the playoffs right now. It, it's, it's why it gives me more confidence heading down there. Yeah, I think it's the Eagles' biggest advantage right now in in the entirety of the playoffs is how well this offensive line is playing. I agree with you. I think it is the best offensive line of the eight teams left in the playoffs. I know the Colts have been really good too, but I would still take this Eagles line the way they're playing right now. Um, I think it's a great point. And I also think that when you look at it in that way, and and I agree the D-line has been playing really well, I think in the trenches, and, and like you said, Sheldon Rankin's a really good player. Cam Jordan, a really good player. Um, on the other side of the ball, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick. I mean, they got talent this Saints team, but the Eagles lines have been playing at a higher level. And we saw again last year, the old cliche of winning in the trenches actually matters. Who could have seen that coming, Johnny? Um, well, and that's your thing too. You're the big winner oh, win in the trenches well, you know, guy. The offensive line guru, as they say. Yeah, John. exactly. Um, but also I think that, um, I think there's this kind of misnomer almost that the only way the Eagles can go into New Orleans and win this game is if they win it like they won the Chicago game with, you know, toughing it out and defense and and uh, time of possession and all that. And I do think that there is a way they could beat the Saints in a time of possession type of game. We talked that bef- uh, about that before they went down the last time and got their butts whooped, that that was the formula. But the way this offense is playing, the way this offensive line is playing, the way Nick Foles is playing, I think they could win any type of game down there. I think they could go down and win a shootout. Let us not forget, John. What was the last game that Nick Foles played in a dome, John? How did he look in that one? All right. Who did he outduel in yeah. that one? Yeah. So let us not forget that. And if you want to talk injuries and all that, the D has played great with all the injuries. This offense is pretty damn healthy right now. So, uh, uh, John, I feel really good about this team being able to go down there and win different types of football games. There's not just one formula to winning. I think they could beat the Saints in a number of different ways. Yeah, so do I. And, uh, 
and that is and this is different now. Like this is this is the ability, and you can play that way against these guys. You can run the ball more against the Saints. You can mix it up. You can do everything that everybody loves. That quote unquote balanced offense that everybody is you know really enthralled with. You can do that. Uh, but I I agree with you, James. I think this is going to be shot for shot. I think the Eagles come out early. The Saints race on back. We all have kind of a heart attack during the third and fourth quarter. And I, I mean, you already know what I said. It's on tape. It's on tape. This is going to come down to Jake Elliott's leg at the end of the game. You know, so uh, just to have that final drive. And this is, and obviously, I think we all know the answer here. You would rather let it be Nick Foles decide the game rather than this defense at the end, correct? Yes. Yep, which is funny because we asked that question last year and it was defense, defense, defense prior to the playoffs. It was like, let the defense be on the field. (laughs) And that's how the Atlanta game played out, which is pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, after what we've seen, and again, last week, you know, the the walking against... Walking down the field against the best defense yep. in football and, and winning a game, getting a touchdown when they needed it. Yes, John. I I would go so far as to say there are few people I would ever feel more comfortable with leading a game-winning drive for me than Nick Foles. Crazy. <laughs> and this is – people have to get used to this, too, is this is going to go back, or at least I think it's going to go back, to old-school vanilla Jim Schwartz here. You're going to give up a lot of yards, a ton of yards. This is – if you're expecting three and outs and, hey, this is, you know, we know the secondary is different and we're all enthralled with the way Avante Maddox played and he's going to have a bigger challenge, you know, this week, which, uh, again, is one I think he can win. Um, it's a way more talented, you know, wide receiver in Michael Thomas as opposed to Allen Robinson or whoever they're going to throw at him here. But I certainly believe that this is do not, unless we are up 30 to nothing, do not bite on any moves whatsoever. Who cares? Let him across the middle. Let him gain 15 yards. Let him uh, uh, another big crosser for 17. Do you feel that that's going to get implemented back again? Don't let anything get behind you. Just play you know, what's in front of you and try and let the defensive line take care of business because I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think the game that if I had to kind of like the formula for winning the game, it seems like that Houston game feels like the type of game that we're going to see. Uh, you know, look... Um, the Saints are secondly against the run. They've been pretty good at stopping the running game. I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball on the ground some because of how well this offensive line has played. But I think this is, like you said, this is a this could turn into a shootout type of game, a game where the offense needs to move the ball down the field. And look at that Houston game. That's what we saw, that that defense just, just letting up yards and yards and yards and yards, but closing down when it had to. Obviously, the end of the game got a little tighter than we all wanted it to, but... Nick Foles led a game-winning drive. So <laughs> I uh, I do think I'm with you, John. I think we will see an even more extreme bend-don't-break. As much because, look, like, this, yeah. this, this offense is just hard to stop. Like, yeah, I know they haven't been as good the last six weeks or whatever it is, and, and I think that is a great stat to point out, and I hope that that continues, but... They got a lot of playmakers. There are a lot of dynamic weapons. You can't expect to just go, you know, shut them down in the way you did Trubisky for a lot of that game. And just to emphasize that point, I mean, the splits between home and away are ridiculous. They are. Yards per attempt are two more yards up. Wow. Uh, you know, A N Y, you know, any net yards, sorry, is all I'm trying to say. I can never get that abbreviation out. Is. You know, three almost three yards higher. Uh, the amount of touchdowns is doubled at home. It's it's crazy. And just for those in the know that uh, that are always concerned about penalties and refs and whatever, I think this is a pretty good crew. It's really balanced. Um, it's amazing that the Saints don't get any calls, any more calls at home. I, that which 
That was that shocked me. They only get four about five flags a game called, and the Eagles when they're away they only get about five <laughs> five flags called uh, for them. Those are both for them numbers, which I found very surprising. Saints don't get many calls. Eagles don't get many calls on the road. So it's uh, let them play game. Let, baby. It's a it's a definitely type of let them play here now. The only other bit of uh, info that we had that came out was Doug addressed this week. Mike Wallace, Sidney Jones, their workloads are going to be increased. They're both limited all week. I don't expect either one of them to go. If if they either one can go, James, uh, do you want them active? Uh, that was that was one of the questions that I had because I don't know if I would want a Sidney Jones yeah, back I, in this I, game I don't at all. want Sidney Jones in this game. Would you want Mike Wallace taking snaps from anybody at I'm, this point? Like... Jordan Matthews was the only That's thing I was I could about think to of. say. Look, yeah. look. I think that if fine, I'd be fine with Mike Wallace because I at least if Mike Wallace like this is a game where it could come down to big plays. I mean, you could need those types of plays to to win this game, and and maybe Mike Wallace could beat somebody. Mike Wallace could take somebody deep. Mike Wallace, they don't have tape on this year. Whatever. I don't know. There's something in there. The Sidney Jones thing. No, I just I've. I've seen enough of Sydney, especially in that stadium. <laughs> I don't ever want to see him play in New Orleans again. I think it should just be every time they go to New Orleans, make him inactive. Yeah, that was uh, the consensus too. It's just like don't don't put Sydney back in there again. Don't do- I would I would think about it. I just want to say I would think about it, but at the end of the day, yeah, probably not. But I'm I'm with you with uh, with Wallace. I don't know who he, who that would kind of eat up, and I don't know if that was that's even worth doing. I mean, you made the Golden well, Tate look, trade for Sheldon a reason, Gibson so. was abs was. Um, Active against the Bears, right? Yeah, yeah he was. There so you go. Like, you can replace know, just that. Just Sheldon Gibson. I would. I would. I would. Just uh, got to find somebody to play special teams now, too. Right. Yeah. That's the issue. And, and look, ultimately, that's um, that's an important thing. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to start Mike Wallace if it's going to screw up a special teams unit. But it's not like we've seen Sheldon Gibson make a ton of plays on special teams this year. So I, I figure they could work their way around. <laughs> or, or just plays. Yeah. General. Period. Anything. <laughs> one that one catch. What a catch. <laughs> Uh, and there's, you know, and that's kind of how I feel like we, you can, you, you're going to be able to analyze this game in like 70 different ways. But at the end of the day, uh, it is, it's just about, it's the stupid cliches. It's about execution who wins in the trenches. And that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I'm comfortable with Nick Foles getting the shootout. I'm comfortable with him being it. They've, they've shown it all. Like where in the world can we poke holes and like, well, the Eagles can't do this or, you know, the Saints can do this and can't do this. Like the, the, both of these teams can win uh, in, in low scoring games, in high scoring games and so on and so on. So like, I'm, I'm still kind of maybe on Saturday we'll have like the, oh man, I didn't think about this, but Throughout the week, that's the other thing. James is like, yes, anybody can do anything. And that's what makes this exciting. It's the last game of the weekend. Uh, and more importantly, Kevin Burkhart, who's calling this game, it's a great omen, is 9-3. and three. Ooh. He's 9-3 and three Ooh. when he calls an Eagles game. I'm a big Kevin Burkhart guy. I love Kevin Burkhart. He's terrific. Uh, him and Future Charles Davis are great. star Kevin Burkhart. Yes. Get him on crew number one as soon as Joe Buck retires, which will be in... 2061 or whatever it is. Maybe even later than that. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, James, there are other playoff games going on this weekend. Do you know what time it is? Is it time for the picks? It's time for the picks! Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. 
The picks, of course, brought to you by the casino at Delaware Park. We can watch and wager on all of this weekend's games. It's a fantastic place to go win some money. Maybe escape. You know, it's January. It's cold. I'm. I'm. Everybody's getting sick. Who wants to be around that? Yeah, not me. Yeah. That's why I'm in it. That's why John and I are both at WIP Studios and in different studios talking to yeah, each other. That's he what we're doing. Literally today. said, I can't touch you. I don't even yeah. want to be around you. I can. I, so I can kind of see John's arm through a, a little like window and a door. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Uh, I can smell his musk, <laughs> kind of like passing through the hallways. But uh, just a short ride down 95 of the closest place uh, to Philadelphia right now. Uh, to uh, go watch and wager legally. Casino at Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play, James. But you don't have to be 21 to watch, John. Let us roll on down to Kansas City, where this opening line at 4.5 for them is increased by a point on Friday morning. 5.5. The Kansas City Chiefs are 5.5 point favorites. Man, we know we know our good friend and pal Andy Reid's playoff record since he's been in Kansas City. Not great. Not great. Um, having Frank Reich in there, having some momentum, a big-time game against the Texans. You can take that for what it's worth. They weren't playing that well going through it. But, James, i got to tell you, I love the Colts in this one. <laughs> I, I think the momentum goes. I'm going against the uh, – or I'm going with the numbers with Andy Reid in Kansas City. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes being his first playoff game. We know what happens already. Uh, they just get they, – they die like flies. Give me the Colts and the points here. I hate to do this. Oh, no. I don't I don't know why I'm doing this because I'm with you. I, as soon as the Colts won that game, I'm like, the Colts can go into Kansas City and win. They're a good team. They're playing good football. They got the best line in the league right now along with the Eagles. I feel really good about this Colts team. And the way this week has gone on, and I know the line kind of says something different, which I think is interesting too, but it just seems like everyone thinks the Colts are on this. Everyone's in on the Colts, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're somehow forgetting how good this Chiefs it's team so has good. been and it's how so good, good this offense yeah. has been. And don't get me wrong, I think there will be a game this postseason where Andy Reid fucks it up like he always does. <laughs> I just think they get through this one without that happening. I think they win by a touchdown. I would not bet on this game. It is too close one way or the other for me. I could see you being right. I could see me being right. I'll stick with the, the Chiefs and just this is a respect pick for how good the Chiefs have been this year. That uh, Kansas City defense is just too too bad. It's too bad, and I think what the Colts like to do, and I saw Dan Orlovsky break that down, of how they, I mean, I've never seen people mask man and zone coverage as well as the Colts yeah, have done. Yeah, they're really good at it. But, but again, did you see the numbers on Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he's got 14 touchdowns and a 114 passer rating against zone coverage this I, I year. I, I mean, it just he's a zone buster. He's an everything buster. He's even yeah. better against man. So, I, look, it's one of those things where I all week have said I'm taking the Colts, and now that I'm here making this pick, I'm taking the Chiefs. So I take that for what it. it's worth. I can't believe it's the first game we get to see. This oh, is going to be such it's a fantastic weekend. Well, then at 8.15 on NBC, we had... 57. 57. Over over, the mean, highest of the weekend, too. Points, yeah, baby. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Ah, can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, let us go to Los Angeles, where the girls are pretty. Uh, the people not, are not fake. Not the cowgirls. No, not those, not those cowgirls. They're going to roll in as seven-point dogs, wow. James Seltzer. That's a lot of points, John. Uh, the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, this is 49, the uh, over and under on this one, only the second lowest. Uh, it's too many this. points, John. It's too I, it's a I, lot of points. I hate doing it, but they they won my pick for me last week, just yeah. barely snuck it out. I think we had it one half on the show. Um, 
I'm going to take Dallas. This feels like too many points. The Rams, we just talked about teams having a bunch of weeks off. I know they kind of had to play week 17, but um, I just feel like a sluggish start. I feel like it's a close game. I still think the Rams end up winning, but I'm going to take the points. The uh, This is going to be Dak Prescott's worst game of his career, and the Dallas Cowboys are still going to win this game. Oh, no! That's how I feel about it. Like I, I, like, I don't, after everything, too, and what a great talking point after... And one, Sean McVay is, is his own cubicle. And the amount of hires that have been, if you've, that's been the funny joke. If you, have, if you have touched Sean McVay, you can get a head coaching job. That's basically what's happened here. Has not won a playoff game yet. I, I don't think it happens. I just don't think it happens. I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying, I think the Dallas Cowboys go and beat the Rams until the Rams can prove to me that they are a playoff team. Uh, they can they can have as many yards and wins during the regular season as they want to. Let's head to Sunday. It's the New England Patriots versus the Chargers. Chargers have been as sexy. They're going to the Super Bowl pick. James Seltzer, I think that stops the moment they get into New England. It's only four four points. This is going to be an exciting game. 47 and a half, the over and under. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the experience, even though, yes, he is declining. Yeah, he looks like he's old. Uh, it, uh, but, you know, I don't know. I, I would really like Phillip Rivers to be Tom Brady because that would be hilarious, but I can't do it. Uh, yeah. So I went three and one last week in the picks. My one miss was this Chargers team. I took them too lightly. They're really talented, top to bottom, good football team. 12 and four is a five seed. Nine and one now on the road when you put in the Ravens win. This team just knows how to go on the road, knows how to win games. I think they could win this game. I certainly think it's a three-point game one way or the other. The Patriots, as we talked about last week and the week before and the week before, not that impressive. I yep. know they're the Patriots. I know it's the playoffs, but we saw it last year in Jacksonville where they they almost or against Jacksonville where they almost blew that game. The Jags had them and and if Doug Marone's balls were just a little bit bigger. They would have won that game. I think this year it's a similar type of game here in the divisional round against this Chargers team that top to bottom is just a better football team than the Patriots. I don't think anyone would argue with that, at least from a roster mm-hmm. talent perspective. We saw how creative this Chargers staff is last week. The was it? They ran with seven defensive backs on, on uh, all but one snap, and it was a genius defensive strategy from the Gus Bus back. Uh, but, yeah, I just think this Chargers team is really good. I think they're better than the Patriots, and I think they keep this to a three-point game one way or the other. Did we did we take the Chargers too lightly, or did we think Lamar Jackson was too was, – was, well, did we overrate him? He well, didn't. I th- no, I think what we did I was did. we overrated <laughs> I, – I personally overrated the Ravens at home. And the uh-huh. Ravens' defense at home, and the uh, you know West to East, and just all the factors on the Chargers. And I, again, I think I just underrated this Chargers team. They're they're good. They're legit good. Four forty. There will be no sunshine. There will be no rain. It is in Ain't the dome. No sunshine when she's gone. Do no we more get sued? Bill Withers in the house. Do we get sued if we sing it? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's okay. I mean, Jack Fritz did the worst rendition oh, of Drops true. of Jupiter in the history of the world on a High Hopes yeah. pod. So. Uh, 4.40, by the way, is a great time to be down at the Fillmore. You can actually go there at 2 p.m. It's where I'm going to be. We'll all be there. I'll I think be there. We'll try to live stream the whole thing. You can be a part of the podcast because I don't know if you noticed last time, we're all kind of freaking out once that happened. So 
Um, you know, please. What, a game. what it was so much fun. It I'm so, so happy we fun. were there for that. Like we were, I was hugging random people. Yes. We we're all like running around. When he, like, for the, the, to have two moments like that: the fourth down touchdown to Tate, where we're all just losing our fucking minds, and then to also have the double doink and just be in that room with all those people and be celebrating. It's worth it. It's a lot of totally fun. worth it, and it's free. It's all ages. They've got food. They've got. You know, uh, everything that you could possibly need. If you want to be rowdy, there's a space for you. If you just wanted to chill out on a table, if you want a little bit of both, it's it's all there for you. The Fillmore, uh, Philly.com. Go grab your ticket. It's free. And come hang out. James Seltzer. Eight-point dogs coming into this. Eight-point dogs in New Orleans. Good. How does this one end Good. up? Good. I, I love that we're eight-point dogs. I, I just keep... Keep it coming. <laughs> um, I, I will take it all day, every day. John, uh, look, look, look. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, um, if this is purely my head, purely my heart, a insane mixture of many things, but I am at the point where, and, and this is not just um, some like based on magic, based on whatever, like I can't pick against Nick Foles right now. I just can't do it. My brain won't let me do it. My heart won't let me do it. My soul won't let me do it. Because I believe that Nick Foles is going to win. That's where I'm at. I've seen enough. Uh, after last year, after what happened in Chicago, the double doink, after all this, John, I just believe. I mean, it is the the logic is out the window. The uh, brain is out the window. It's just in my soul, I believe in this guy, in this team, in the fact that they're going to go out and win another big game for me. I'm taking the eight points easily. I think I think taking the points is the best bet of the weekend, which uh, I believe I said last weekend as Indeed. well. Uh, and I also said my other best bet was the Colts, and I felt amazing about them. That worked out pretty well, too. But, John, I think the points are the best bet on the weekend, and I do genuinely believe the Eagles are going to go in New Orleans and win this game. Well, James... Um uh, to me, this is not about getting to the NFC Championship game. This is about getting to the Super Bowl because I truly believe that this game will determine who and who does not go to the Super Bowl. And it's amazing how much doubt that this team has had to deal with. First, it was here with us in Philadelphia. There's no way that they combat this injuries. There's no way that Nick Foles can do this again. And then, and then he did it again. And we see it with our own two eyes. And then this team goes to Chicago, one of the best teams in the NFL, the best defense that this NFL has to offer. And it takes care of business in Chicago. And you know what? It's still not enough for some people. And it never was enough for Alvin Kamara and the Saints team because they always believed that they were the better team. But if they were the better team, they would have beaten the Minnesota Vikings and they would have tried their hand coming to Philadelphia. And now, now the ultimate revenge has been built in as Nick Foles and this team will roll down to New Orleans and they'll stare across the sideline and then we'll leave no doubt this time because Sean Payton and the rest of these fools believe that this Super Bowl team this Super Bowl team is still being doubted is not good enough and I'm tired of hearing about it they will roll into New Orleans with the thousands of people in the stadium and the 45 million watching at home and they will leave no doubt as they steamroll and move on as Jake Elliott will kick a field goal to send them to the Super Bowl. Eagles 31, Saints 28, go Birds!